All power and glory go to God. All greatness is from God. When a hero stumbles, well, the cowards rejoice. Nothing feels better to a coward than to watch a brave guy fall. Got a story that's behind his tricks And every GM got a story that's behind his picks And when you listen, pay attention to the details You can hear the ocean when you listen to the seashells A newborn taught me wisdom that college couldn't And college taught me how to talk more because I wouldn't Words are sharper, they can reshape your disposition Give out love and don't worry about your acquisitions too worried about the conflict that you pension, but your team is too much for you to carry in your own division. Palms is itching, about to run into some money next. Lord made me slow it down, cause I was surely missing steps. You will step into my goals. Man, New Ginobili, can't nobody hold me. I need change like a gentrified neighborhood, but money ain't the only thing that can keep me straight for good. Bread alone is only good for the physical. Better make sure your soul's attached to your backbone. Verses for your vertebrae, chapters for your shoulder blades, books for my mental state, and letters on my dinner plate. You consume by what you consume, and the fumes from social media can mess up your cool. Clickbait on the internet can ruin your food. But depression ain't hashtag mood. I wanna see the moon when I stare up at the constellations to connect the dots. Vision's very clear, make moves, connect the plots. And return all the earnings to my family. Prayers for my health and for my sanity. Um, I, w- I would call myself a, a son of Minnesota. I was <clears throat> born and raised in the Twin Cities, specifically St. Paul and the Rondo community. You know, Rondo is probably the most historic black community in Minnesota. Um, it was the height of, of affluence for the black community here in Minnesota back in the early 1900s before the, the freeway was um, sort of uh, built. 94 was built and, and broke Rondo in half. Um, but but my family come, comes from that community, also the west side of St. Paul. Uh, my great-great-grandmother was from Aguas Calientes, Mexico. She was a first-generation uh, immigrant, and she really helped build the Mexican community on, on that side of town, along with my great-grandfather, uh, Don Francisco. And they helped people come <clears throat> from Mexico and settle. Uh, and, and they built the church, you know, over there as well, Our Lady of Guadalupe, like I said. And, you know, I... I I was one of those guys who started playing basketball young. I started at five years old. I wasn't so good at, at, at five years old. I wasn't so good <laughs> at that young age, you know, but by the time I was in middle school and by the time I got to ninth grade, I sort of made a name for myself. By the time I was in 10th grade at De La Salle High School, I was one of the top 25 players in my class. And, and when I graduated from Hopkins in, in 2009, I was the, the number one player in my class and the number two player in the country at my position. Went on to the University of Minnesota, went on to Iowa State, 
um, played one season at Iowa, at Iowa State and then declared for the NBA draft. And, and really that's where my story kind of blew up and then went off the rails at the same time. You know, when I came into the NBA, people weren't even talking about mental health yet in the public square. People weren't talking about mental illness. People weren't talking about anxiety, depression, trauma, right. addiction, any of these things. Um, and, and I came into the NBA and I said, hey, listen, I've been struggling with I had come from college where I had already talked publicly about struggling with anxiety disorder. And then when I got to the NBA, because it was such a huge story in my draft class, um, partially because the NBA had never really taken a public stand around mental health, as many corporations didn't. Um, I was like, man, I'm, I'm dealing, I, you know, I've been struggling with this anxiety thing since I was 16 years old. That's when I got diagnosed and uh, just wanted to know what kind of policies and, and, and attitudes they had around that topic. Come to find out they had no policies. Right. And and, and so how they kind of wanted to do. And so they, you know, mm -hmm. them along with the mainstream media that makes up this global corporatocracy, I'm sure we'll talk about painted this picture that I was afraid to fly. And that's why I wasn't going to be able to play when really. Uh, I was saying things like, hey, listen, instead of me popping a Xanax in order to fly 100 times a year, how about we cut out some of those flights and allow me to drive from, say, Minneapolis to Chicago right. or, or drive from Chicago to mm -hmm. Milwaukee or from Milwaukee to Indianapolis or from Houston to San Antonio or from Houston to New Orleans or uh, uh, Memphis to Atlanta. And uh, we got into a big fight with the NBA about that and just about policy in general. And I said, listen, you guys, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to play until we get something written on paper, because everything else you guys do in this league is written down from yep. from from, you know, from the money guys can make uh, from from the rules around whether or not you can sign yourself to your own company and then have the NBA pay your company, which I tried to do. And they said no, right. um, <laughs> all the way to what color your socks need to be. Right. And I said, you guys got all of these policies, but somehow you don't have a mental health policy. Is that by accident? And they said, oh, well, you know, we'll deal with you in good faith. You don't have to worry about it. I said, I don't believe in good faith with, with corporations. And, and right. so they basically essentially blackballed me. I've been dealing with that for the last 10 years and, and throughout my journey over the last <laughs> 10 years, I've been outspoken about a lot of other issues. And, and now, you know, at 30 years old, I'm ready to step into that political arena and, and bring the things that I've studied and learned and, and to try to help the people. Right. Wow. That's amazing. OK, so what made you throw your hat into the race and run for the Minnesota 5th Congressional uh, Congressional District? What, 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 made, what, what motivated you? Again, my journey has allowed me to be able to see how corporations work on that global scale. Right. right. And when I was in the NBA behind the scenes, I'm looking at billionaires who essentially told me as a young black man at 21 years old, you know what? You're right about mental health. You're right. right. This is the next epidemic. This is going to be the next huge problem that society faces. And we are perfectly positioned as a majorly influential institution in this country to spearhead this mental health movement. You're right about all of that. And you know what? You'd be the perfect person. But who's going to listen to you if you don't play? Mm -hmm. And we control whether or not you play. Right. And so you can play. And we'll help you do those things later, 10, 15 years down the road, once you become an all-star and have a platform. Or you can get out of the NBA now and, and, and never see and never see an NBA court again. And and I told them that, 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 that they could fall off, you know. And, right, and, right. and you know, I, I just told, you know, I told David Stern, listen, you know, uh, you have an opportunity here to do what's right for people. And, you know, he told me basically, you know, 
I don't really need to speak to you because who are you? That's kind of how he, he you know, mm-hmm. he played me. And uh, I said, that's okay. You know, I'm going to outlive you. You know, and I regret saying that now because he's not here and I'm still here. And, and, and that was a pretty uh, vain thing to say. But my point to him was that the truth will always win. And so to answer your question even more directly, I understand the powers that be that preside over our communities, but communities across the country. I understand how this globalist agenda is really set. I understand how the people think. I understand how corporations have sort of hidden themselves in the shadows and become so big that people feel very disempowered to challenge the status quo. And I'm like, no, you guys, you can challenge the status quo. The citizens actually have the power. You just need representatives who will actually represent you. And guess what? Absolutely. Ilhan Omar isn't one of them. Right. She's in on it. I said it in my campaign launch. I said, listen, (laughs) and I'm not just saying that as a conspiracy theory. I'm telling you, when you go look at when you go look at who has donated to her campaign or who funds all of the grassroots community organizations that she's associated with, like Black Lives Matter, for example, these are high, high level billionaires. Right. And there's a reason why they're backing her. There's a reason why they're backing the Democratic Party. And, and, And so. You know, for me, it's like I grew up on the north side. I grew up on the north side. I grew up playing basketball. I went to practice every day at West Central, right, right there on Olsen, on Olsen Highway. And you know what I'm saying? I, I grew up playing at Lucy Lane, Nellie Stone Johnson. I'm right. actually a north side. I'm from St. Paul, but I, I grew up being a north sider. And I'm, I'm not going to sit by with the knowledge and, and, and move to L.A. Or, or move to Texas or, or you know, focus on basketball or do real estate and let my people be misguided by some by some puppet. Right. We're not we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Okay, so l- l- let me let me ask you a question. Okay, so <clears throat> and I and I know I know you I know you understand this. When we cuz we the same way the same stuff you be talking about, we be saying the same stuff on our show probably every week. Do how how will you get through to the you know the people. The oh man, you conspiracy theorists. Ah, oh, uh, you know, man. They, they, why they want to do that to us? Why they want to do that for? Like, like, how can you get through to these people during your campaign? You know, I, I'm a. I'm a. First of all, I was, I was uh, baptized a Catholic. I'm a Christian, right? right. Um, and I grew up in a in a Christian family, and I really, I really do have a strong faith in God. I have, a, and because I have a strong faith in God, I have a strong faith in the truth. And I and I believe that the truth will win when he's ready for it to win. I think too many people have given up on the truth because it hasn't yielded the results in the time that they wanted to. And it's not for us to decide when people open their hearts to the truth. And God is for them to decide and it's for him to decide. And and so my method or my strategy is to just take a ministry of truth into the belly of the beast. And, And when I say the belly of the beast. Minneapolis has been voting Democratic, this this congressional district, since 1965, 1966. And the Democrats have effectively used black people as a calling card for their political dominance to say, hey, we're the party that's not racist. We're the party that cares about you. We're the party that wants to make sure that you have civil rights. Those Republicans, they're all racist. And number one, it's a lie. But number two, it's a it's a story and narrative that came from a very different time in this country. And as that time shifted, I think the Republican Party did a bad job of of keeping public 
updated and informed on where the political spectrum had moved over the last 60 years. So right. now you have a very, so now in the people's mind in the congressional district like CD5, you have black people, minorities, working class people, even white, who, whose mm -hmm. idea of the Republican Party is a relic, right? And so, yep. you know, the Democratic Party, I'll give you an example. You know, the Democratic Party has become a vehicle of a global agenda. And if people think it's a conspiracy, they can just go look up the World Economic Forum Absolutely. and Klaus Schwab and, his, and read his book, The Great Reset, which talks about how, you know, uh, the next, the, the fourth industrial revolution will be centered around automation. Okay, but here's what automation is for people who don't understand. Automation is the swap of capital for labor. Mm. That's what they're doing. They're going to take all the jobs, the manual labor jobs, the, the mom who used to work at the grocery store as a clerk, the mom, the single mother who used to answer phones at the at the telephone company, or the, the, the you know, the single father who drives a cab. And while he's driving the cab he, or, or Uber, uh, he's also doing the hotline, you know, for Amazon. They plan to phase all of those jobs out. So who does that hurt? The working class. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's not a conspiracy. They're very brazen about that. So. I'm very confident in being able to go into the community, do the work, be committed and tell people the truth. And then it's up to them to decide, you know, how they want to vote and, and, and how they want to, what they value their life as. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. So, so, so what makes you the better candidate than Ilhan Omar? I, I'm just not a sellout. There we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and I right. say that, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, but, but here's the reality. And I, and I do say it in a, in a sort of joking way, because it, to, to me, it's amazing how many people have been convinced that the people who are put in front of us will actually represent our interests and not sell us out when the time comes. When, when you look at their track record, all of them have a history of selling out. And I'm not just talking about Ilhan Omar. Right. Right. Uh, and, and I'm not even just talking about Democrats, right? There's a huge, there's a huge uniparty problem, and the, the Republican Party needs to be weeded out for some of its corruption and sellouts as well. Uh, but right. I will say this: uh, on the Democratic side, if you look over the last 20 years, what conservatism means, what liberalism means, and where neoliberalism falls, there's a lot of uh, establishment conservatisms that fall in that category and the Bushes would be one of them. See, a lot of people think of the Bush, Bushes right. as Republicans, but actually they were yep. neocons and the neocons were really liberals who, who, who basically posed as conservatives. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so look, these people are sellouts and me, I told the NBA, you can keep your hundred million dollars. I don't need it. I, I don't. I don't need the money. I'm in this for the people. I'm. I'm. I'm living a life that's based on meaning and purpose and integrity, and and that's way more important to me than a hundred million. And that's on the record. So whatever anybody yep. else's resume is, uh, that's for <laughs> them to. That's for them to promote and to t talk about. But I, my story is real. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Okay. So like we talked about this in your campaign video uh, that you came out with. Like I love how you talked about the globalists. A lot of people can't grasp the idea of like, you know, like a wall, a, a one, one percent of people controlling everybody else, like the controlling the whole country, what we eat, how we think and all of this stuff. Like, can you can you talk about the globalists a little bit more? Well, well, let's start here. Let's start with something that people are probably very familiar with right now today in our society. 
Um, because there's a lot of different areas I could go into to show people how this sort of cabal around the world runs institutions that that ultimately dictate how they live every day. But let's just go straight to the to the 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 the, the elephant, um, big tech, right? Big yep. tech, big tech. A few years back, came right out, and this is kind of interesting that that my story started around talking about mental health and human psychology. Big tech came out a few years back and said, hey, listen, when we started this thing, we went after the vulnerabilities of the human psychology. We basically said, hey, how do we get you high without giving you dope? Mm-hmm. Yep. How, do we, how do we keep you high and addicted without handing you a bag of cocaine? And how they did it was they hijacked the dopamine centers in our own minds. Mm-hmm. And, and they have, and see, they haven't even they haven't even denied it. They, they've actually come out and admitted it. You can go and read the literature around the psych, the psychological methods of big tech and these social media apps, and you'll find all of the evidence and the and the testimony of how they did it right there. Mm. And so, when you talk about globalism, big tech is one of the central figures in globalism. But it's all of these corporations, and they're all riding a wave um, that's that's intention is to merge government and corporations at the global scale, right? Mm -hmm. And and what people fail to realize is as that happens, you lose individual Mm -hmm. rights. And so when the Great Reset or when a Klaus Schwab or the World Economic Forum or the Great Reset gives you a phrase like you're going to own nothing and be happy, all they're telling you is they're going to make the material high so good that you're not going to notice they're stealing from you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and so there's a lot that goes into globalism. And this was something that started uh, after World War Two as a response to the Holocaust and all of the lives that that were lost in World War Two and the death that took place. Uh, this was the, the League of Nations and the United Nations that basically uh, eventually turned into uh, this runaway idea that the only way we can stop something like World War Two from ever happening again is to have a one uh, a one sort of. Uh, global, uh, one government, one currency, global cooperation. Right. And 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 here's the deal. There's some truth that there's going to need to be global cooperation in order to avert a, a, a third world war. But guess what? We're on the brink of it now. So globalism As didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It didn't work. And here's the other. Here's the other point to make. That although that might have been the 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 promotion of what they said they were trying to do. We can never be we can never be sleep to the fact that the 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 biggest lies hide behind the greatest truths. So right. World War Two was terrible and it, there was an atrocity that took place. And the Holocaust was a, a great tragedy of black mark in human history. But what we did afterward was use the Holocaust as a scapegoat to go after people's individual rights in the future and have a runaway tech society. And the, and the tech society eventually wants to say, you know what? Human beings aren't even that important. You guys are too much trouble. We'll let the robots do all the jobs because they don't need yep. water. They don't need sleep. They don't need food. Yep. You know what? Like so, when I when I saw when I saw that, that you was uh, that you was running and and I saw the video and I saw the gain of function shirt. I said, yo, I gotta vote. I like this this dude gotta win. You know what I mean? To gain a function shirt. I was like, yo, because a, a lot of politicians, like, they 
they speak around it. You know what I mean? But it's like they don't want to get caught in the mix. You know what I mean? And for you wearing a shirt, you know what I mean? It says gain of function. You know what I mean? I was like, this dude different. You know what I mean? So, so what, 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 I know what motivated you to, to wear the shirt, but, but what, 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 can you tell our audience, uh, what motivated you to but, uh, wear it? Before we, before I do that, let me, let me just show you. This is how globalism works. The reason why the politicians are shying away from it, some of them are in on it, some of them are on the take. They're getting paid by the same institutions. Right. The others, the others understand that the constituents they need to vote for them are constantly fed a message by a mainstream media apparatus that will have them looking like conspiracy theorists if they talk about these these issues that should be avoided, right? And and so that's why you see a lot of politicians kind of try and stay in this, you know, this pocket that for all intents and purposes looks really fake to us. Right. And and I noticed that growing up, but I really started to notice when I got to be an adult and, and I did my, I had my problems with the NBA and I started looking at my politicians like, why is nobody talking about the mental health epidemic? And then when they would, they wouldn't talk about the role that technology is playing in it. Or if they did, they wouldn't name names. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's this lack of boldness and truth. And I think we all know that about politicians. But um, the gain of function one is a great example. I think when when COVID first popped off, um, I was already aware of it when it took when it was going on in Wuhan. Right. Where it originally broke out. Uh, We didn't really know about it yet then. And and we were and our mainstream media was very quiet about highlighting that it had come from Wuhan. Um, And and Donald Trump at the time even said he he called it the China China flu. And guess and guess who came to the rescue and said, no, you can't lock down your borders or you can't uh, uh, wall off China and keep. The United Nancy Nations. Pelosi. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Nancy, well, oh, yeah. before Pelosi, it With was Pelosi, the World yeah. Health Organization, right, which is an arm of the United Nations, which yep. is ultimately at the behest of America, right. But over the years, the the the, the, the CCP, which is the the Chinese Communist Party, which is the the party that is in power over there in China, they've sort of taken hold of the United Nations because everybody has to come through China now for their manufactured goods. Yeah. Which includes for America essential antibiotics, and as we experienced during COVID, the masks that we wanted to use, the the, the uh, N95s for for medi- for uh, our, our essential uh, medical workers. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this whole thing play out, and I'm just looking like, man, this is going to be one of the p- most pivotal moments in in our country's history, in world history. And I think yep. it, it will end up being COVID. The COVID pandemic was was one of the most historic things to happen in my lifetime, but certainly maybe in the last, you know, 50 to 60 years. And I'm watching it to see who's going to tell the truth and who's going to lie. Right. Because I already, I already knew about gain of function research. Right. I already knew that they were, that they had level five pathogen labs where they were uh, tinkering with uh, uh, viruses to make them uh, more potent or less potent or to figure out how they mutated in order to, prevent from a future pandemic right mm-hmm. that's the biggest yep. lies hide behind the greatest truths again yep. <laughs> and the reason why i knew is because Muammar gaddafi in 2009 at the at the united nations global summit said today we have this was back when swine flu was an issue right he said today we have swine flu tomorrow maybe we have fish flu because we make these viruses and then we sell the the the, the antibiotics and the cures for commercial purposes. This is wrong. This is corrupt. 
This was in 2009, and guess what? Right. 18 months later, Muammar Gaddafi was dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there are no conspiracies, but there are no coincidences. Okay? Right. And Obama, yep. Obama, who is the, the face of the Democratic movement, who was who came to power, was elected in 2009, the year I graduated. I wasn't able to vote in that election, but that was the year that he, that he was uh, first elected. He was the one who signed Muammar Gaddafi's death warrant, along with Hillary Clinton. Okay, so now I'm watching it, and and, and fast forward, and this pandemic breaks out, and I'm sitting here going, here we go. This is what what Gaddafi was talking about. And and so then I started to watch how the narrative played out, and I wanted to know who who could I go to who had a platform that was going to tell the truth. And you know who I found? Chief strategist from donald trump's 2016 campaign steve bannon he started Mm. a podcast called war room pandemic and he was one of the few people who was saying these labs and this research are to blame are likely to blame for this outbreak and 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 this guy dr fauci he's a crook he's a liar he's been involved with so all of these things that people thought were conspiracy theory and some people still do but the evidence continues to come out that all of this is true. Gain of function was a real thing. Dr. Fauci was lying. He actually sent emails now that have been published where he was lying to the American public on top yep. of him lying right in front of our face. And the entire Democratic Party was in on it. They were all trying to suppress it, including big tech. Mark Zuckerberg and Fauci actually sent emails to each other to try and suppress people who were speaking out against gain of function and the lab leak theory. I mean, this is all there for people to see. So I wrote... I, I, I wore the shirt because I was blessed enough to be in a position where the big three had a contract with CBS to play our games on primetime syndicated television. And the big homie Ice Cube uh, uh, believes in allowing his players and his athletes to speak their mind and his partner, Jeff Quatnitz. And I knew that during that summer, this past summer where I played in the big three, we got to get all these issues out on the table. And, and I'm not going to go out there and shoot a ball and, and squander the opportunity to speak to people who need to hear the truth. Right. It, it's, so, it's so crazy because we had an episode. We had an episode about, and this was like in April, we had an episode. It was straight up Bill, called Bill Gates. We had a Bill Gates episode. We yeah. played his TED Talk. We was telling people the links and everything. You know what I mean? I'm talking about about. Three, I would have, would have probably about four months later, I go back to check those links. Man, YouTube got rid of all the things, man. Got rid of everything, you know what I mean? And, and it's so crazy because at that time, when that happened, I knew what was going on. I knew what was going on. When Big Tech started running cover for all these people, I knew at that moment exactly what was going on. Yep. It's crazy. One of the things that, uh, uh, that, came, that came out of the pandemic or pandemic is the vaccination mandates and uh, you know I, I'm starting to see a lot of stuff uh, you know mass mandates and some vaccination mandates kind of kind of get taken down now but uh, there's still a lot of va- uh, vaccination mandates that's needed for travel and hiring and schooling and things like that so so what is your stance on on, on vaccine mandates I mean, I think if people want to get vaccinated, then that's then that's their choice. I definitely believe that anytime the government tells you something that you have to put in your body, uh, um, you know, that's tyranny. And and, mm-hmm. and that goes for all the vaccines. Let, let's go back to the original vaccines and and and, and the mumps and, and rubella and measles and 
chicken pox. So that, that goes for all vaccines. I don't believe right. that the government should be able to mandate that we take anything that we don't want to as citizens. That's just a part of knowing your value and your rights as citizens and, and taking that serious. Um, I think the COVID vaccine, well, factually, the COVID vaccine <laughs> is very different than the, than the, the mumps, rubella, and measles vaccines. Right. From the materials that, that are in it to the entire technology and the way that it works. Um, and I think there's been a lot of information that, that has been suppressed about people who have been injured by taking these vaccines mm-hmm. by the mainstream media who's in on the vax at all costs uh, uh, narrative. And so, yeah, I think the vaccine mandates are, are tyrannical. Um, and and uh, I think that the vaccine mandates show us that the real the real impetus of this global community uh is authoritarian right Mm -hmm. which which kind of which kind of lets you know or indicates why they're so prone to uh be pro-china right because china is an authoritarian dictatorship Mm -hmm. and uh and and the people in the west who are running this sort of global global corporate community um they're, they're all in on authoritarianism they just need you to be high enough not to recognize it Yep. And, and that's why they've put so much effort into blowing out a culture, you know, sort of sort of uh, an explosion of a culture where people are just so high. You, you could tell them that they're being screwed over a lot, too. And they're and six out of 10 people. They don't even really care because it's like their 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 mindset is like, well, what can I really do about it? And And the high is so good that. Hey, whatever they're doing, it's all good. You know, the, the, yep. we're, we become material junkies. And in our yep. materialism, which was intentional, by the way, an intentional effort by the establishment, in our material uh, addiction, we've become very desensitized to tyranny and to the establishment taking advantage of us. And the reason why I have a, such a problem with that is because I led the peaceful protests when George Floyd was killed. And I heard a bunch of people, especially white liberals, say the entire system is guilty. Well, the entire system is guilty, but they're not guilty enough for you to quit the high. Yeah, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a little messed up in the head, but I hate contradiction. I hate when people lie to me. I feel insulted. I especially hate when white liberals lie to me because it reminds me of Malcolm X saying, you know, what he said about white people and and liberalism. Um, But but I hate when, you know, white liberals have the audacity to insult our intelligence and then use our skin color as the calling card of their movement. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very keen to those things. And as I watched the George Floyd situation break out, the, the pandemic go the way it was going. Uh, it, it was a no brainer that I had to step in and, and put my bid in for Congress. Yeah. So, okay. So the, the, the other day, the other day I put on uh, my Twitter, I put on my Twitter, I said, white liberals are like the most just like, the, the the most detrimental thing, you know what I mean, to the black black community, you know what I mean. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know if you run your if you run your your Royce White for Congress, but it, it, it retweeted it retweeted my uh it retweeted what I said, you know what I mean. <laughs> and did so so I, I went I went down your I went down your thread and I saw you said white liberals mad. Like can can you can you talk about like how detrimental like the white liberals are. And it's so crazy that like we talk about this often on, on a radio show and we try to show people that like like they would act like they on your side and then they will build a Planned Parenthood right in the hood. 
They act like they want to see you live, and then they build. Yeah. It's crazy. Let's, 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 it. let's break this down because there are a lot of white liberals or people who vote Democrat in CD5. So I don't want to paint them all with one brush right. because I understand because I came from a community that votes Democrat. I understand where this, how this whole thing got, got out of sorts. Right. right. This is all moral hazard from an uh-huh. early America and then a post-World War II uh, uh, initiative. This is moral hazard we're dealing with here. And so there are a lot of white liberals who we would call white liberals who don't understand, who don't even realize what has happened to their life. They don't understand the people who have control over their ideology. They they don't know about Marxism. They don't they don't know about communism. They right. they've been deprived of a of a philosophical and historical knowledge. And in their deprivation, they've been hijacked by a material high. And then mm. they've been they've been uh, they've had predators come in and take advantage of the material high and get them to double down on their hate for life. Absolutely. Okay, so so here's where here's where the liberalism here's here's where and I and I'll give you the abortion case, for example. And this is a touchy topic, right? Especially in Minnesota. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. The, the the liberal ethos is something like this. Life, life is just terrible. Life is awful. Life is awful unless I can do anything I want to do whenever I want to do it. Unless I can have access to get as high as possible to avoid the suffering that comes with actually embracing having meaning in my life and being committed to to that meaning. Okay, and but but ultimately life is awful. And that's how they can justify that instead of bringing a baby, a black baby into a world, into a world where a parent may not be able to fulfill a hyper material lifestyle, that it's better off that we just kill the kid. And they make another case around this for the death penalty. They say, hey, somebody being in jail for 30 years is way worse than just giving them the death penalty. Right. So that, that's their mm-hmm. argument to not to, to get rid of the death penalty. That yep. tells you that these people don't like life because it's much Absolutely. worse to just be killed instantly for your crimes than to be able to live 30 or 40 years in prison. But if you mm-hmm. believe life is awful and that life is just this dreadful, you know, uh, uh, you know, endless dooming thing, uh, th- then it's easy to, to view the world like that. And the reason why is they lack faith. Mm. They lack faith in God. And atheism and liberalism have become attached at the hip. And they're not shy about saying it. What What's troubling is that they've, they've sort of activated a black community that traditionally believes in God. Black right. folks, we believe in God, whether it's Islam or whether it's Christianity. The black community believes in God. We have yep. faith. Now, in liberalism's takeover, a lot of black people have started to deviate from Absolutely. having faith. Uh, but you ask a black person what their grandmama believed or what their mama believed in our generation, most of them going to say, my grandmama believed in Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, yep. So so, so um, the reason why the white liberal agenda has become so dangerous is because they don't see themselves they become sort of manic in this in this uh, entitlement to have their ideas and their concept of being anti-human because they hate life dictate the way policy should be around the world. That all of yep. the world should embrace this because they're just right. They don't account that other people 
have very different views about about being human, uh, about our faith in God and the metaphysical and about how we want to live our everyday life in terms of citizenship. And they really believe they're right. And they're willing to go as far. They're willing to go so far that in January, late January, 65 percent of Democrats in one poll from The Economist were in favor of confining the unvaccinated to their homes. Absolutely. Really jailing them in there. So so now the same black people you went out in March for when George Floyd was killed. Now, all of a sudden, you're ready to become the same system you said was guilty and put bars right. on our doors and our windows if we don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, the all that I say it and, it and I have to laugh sometimes to keep from being angry and I have to hold myself back sometimes from conversations with white liberals because the audacity of it actually insults me. The petulance of it insults me. Um, and, and, but I'm a, my God is a forgiving God. So that means that I'm a, I'm a forgiving follower. And I understand that it's not all their fault. They've been brainwashed and they've been manipulated by a system that is very, very sophisticated. And they're very intelligent on, on, on knowing how to manufacture the consent. And my message to the white liberals in CD5 is going to be, they're using you. They're actually using the working class white liberals in their plan to, oppress people in the future and and come out of them i want to shake them up and say don't let them use you <laughs> right is that- it ain't no, it's not a beef i mean I, there, there's a real there's a real hostility and frustration with their inability to see themselves but we've all been there right we've all right. been in that place where it's hard to see ourselves so i right. get it but you're not you're in your inability to see yourself you're not going to come and stick no needle in my arm that i don't want Disappearing act, a jack of all trades Every other night I'm touching somebody's stage And pulled you in when we first met But nowadays, nowadays it seems to be the source of your rage They grabbing souvenirs to surprise you with Seems to be the same tools you analyze me with Faith we had in each other ain't church no more And I promise I don't want to see you hurt no more But this lifestyle I'm leading filled with goals and achievements only Allow me to see you every other weekend Hit the east and west coast Got London in the plans Each and every place with a mic in my hand A war tour, I come home but it's more war See we tried to make it work but it's more chore Oh lord, you say you over always feeling lonely But the way you been acting lately deserves a tone Chasing your dreams And I ain't mad at you for doing your thing One week you're here Next week you disappear Not trying to come between you and your career Damn right I get lonely, lonely. You're always on the road up with your homies oh. You're gonna have to make some time for me If we gon' work it out If we gon' work it out They say that time heal all wounds But not just war wounds the damage starts to sink a little deep Been a long time since I got a good night's sleep Night's sleep Thoughts of you always seem to creep I just wanna talk it out But it's all on your nerves Just wanna touch base like a runner on third Look for God guidance like a judge that's presiding But first we gotta get both our souls out of hiding Gonna spin vinyls of Gladys Knight right quick Gonna seem background like I'm one of the pips 
It's just about time for me to take another trip Perform a live show in a whole nother zip I hope this time away don't call for another dip How much more can I put up with? Arguing over minor things is for minor dreams I'm on a horsey carriage and a pair of You've wings You've been traveling Let's fly away. chasing your dreams And I ain't mad at you for doing your thing One week you're here, next week you disappear Not trying to come between you and your career Christianity to everything that black people don't like. So they so so they, they'll they'll say that uh, uh, Christianity is the religion for white races, or Christianity is, is the you know what I'm saying like like hates hates these people or hate hate this and, and it almost no they, they 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 say the 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 Christian these the the protesters the anti-vaxxers are Christian Trump supporting anti-vaxxer protester racist you know they, they lump all of that together you know what I mean to make black people hate all of those things you feel what I'm saying and and, and a lot and it's so crazy because we talked about on the show a lot of black people even took the vaccine to not be a Trump supporter you feel what I'm saying. They took the. They, I'm gonna take this vaccine and I'm gonna wear this mask so people don't think I'm a Trump supporter. It's outrageous. Listen to this. It's outrageous to me. It's just outrageous to me how black people have become so much more unempowered after the Civil Rights Act. Yeah. Okay. You 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 lose your power and your agency as a community when you become disconnected. And and then and then um, and then sort of disconnected and then divided in, in beliefs. OK, that that's how a community becomes ineffective. And I say often now we don't have a black community. We have a bunch of people who look similar in skin tone right. that live in the same place. <clears throat> Absolutely. There's no community to it. Right. And we're, and we're losing community by and large around this country due to. So so what has happened to the black community or what has happened to black people is what these globalists plan to do to all people in the mm -hmm. future. You yep. can say that black people were the test run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we right? the test run. yeah absolutely. Yeah. We, we saw all oh, we We pulled that on black <laughs> folks and we see how they're how they took to it. Now, let's just try it on everybody else. Yep. And, and so, you know, you know it, it it baffles me that. Joe Biden could say, for example, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And, and people are so bought in to what the mainstream media has fed them about racism that they would let a white liberal man say such a thing. Yeah. And, and whether you went out and voted for him or not, then allow, and then let him get into office and tell us as black people upon arrival, you black folks need to go talk to the Latinos because yep. this is what he told the Congressional Black Caucus. He said, black people, you guys need to go get with the Latinos because in a few years, their population is going to be bigger than yours. Yep. Here, here's the kicker. Let me show you how these white liberals really work. 
Go get with them and bring your grievances, your 400 years worth of grievances. You go get with the Latinos and you you tie it to them because their population is going to outnumber you in 10 years. Yep. Meanwhile, the liberal party's policies around immigration and borders is what's allowing 2 million immigrants <laughs> into the country every year. Yep. So they're basically allowing the demographics of the country to change and then telling black people, hey, you better go get with the people. You better go ride the train uh, that, that, that we that we basically uh, doubled down on, that we put our money on. And <clears throat> by default, with that being said, I think black people should be anti-abortion and anti-open borders uh, from a practical standpoint. Because, mm-hmm. and, and I say the abortion thing too, because that's a Democratic Party uh, policy by and large part. And we've lost 30 million babies over 50 years. I mean, if, if you don't believe that 30 million black lives over over 60 years is not a genocide, then you can't be Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how to put it any better than that other than to say black people, I, I, we we might be the highest of all. I mean, we are yep. so caught up in materialism. And Here's the real problem. I'm, I'm going to tell you. The real problem is we're so caught up with the wrong things in life yep. that we try and get our political ideology on the go. On my yep. so, so so my my politics become a, a sort of makeshift template that's given to me by a, a white liberal establishment in order to protect myself when I'm out in public uh, uh, in the in a white establishment driven culture. Right. So we've sort of just assimilated what the establishment wants. And part of it is that we that we've been brainwashed in that way. But part of it is we like the high, too. We're worried about Gucci. We're worried about Fendi. We're worried about getting a stack of money, showing it on Instagram. We're worried about, uh, you know, doing the selfies with the with the butt cheeks out. You know, we're worried about uh, our horoscopes and our numerology and, and all these different things. And meanwhile, the elites in our country. The elites in our country are basically telling us with a smirk on their face, everything in the future we're going to own. You're going to subscribe to it. Yep. And we're going to make and you have so little value for yourself in your own life. You're not even going to you're not even going to ask twice. You're not even going to second guess. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just tyranny, slavery, oppression, yep. subjugation. All of the words that black folks want to use about the establishment. The Democrats are doing it to them. And, and nobody sees it. Like, like it's, it's so few see it. It's so crazy because, because they only looking. Talk- they, they 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 was telling us, oh, Trump gonna put y'all in chains. So so they so they want everybody to look over there. But meanwhile, <laughs> it, it, they the ones that's, that that they got that road going back to the chains. You know, we, you know what we call that. You know, what we call that in the neighborhood I come from. What? We call that the overlay for the underlay. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's, that's what it is. You know, Trump. Yep. And I said it from the beginning. They just use, look at this. This is this is interesting. How many times did you hear people try and compare Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler? Exactly. A lot, a lot of times. That he yep. was a Nazi, he was a white supremacist, that this was basically putting Hitler back in office. They used Hitler after World War II to justify starting this whole globalist agenda. Yep. And Hitler was a psychopath. But if you know anything about Hitler, if you read up on Hitler, if you read Mein Kampf and all of the, the things that Hitler wrote, Donald Trump is is it's insane to even talk about the two in the same breath. In fact, Donald Trump was right 
I, I can go <laughs> yeah. right down the list and tell you uh, the number of things that Donald Trump spoke about that he was right about. So the whole racism motif uh, uh, was something that was thrown on him um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a manner where, we're again, we're going to use black people as the calling card, as the, the lightning rod to yep. say anybody who doesn't agree with our policies is racist and you shouldn't like them. And even more so, you should hate them because because they're racist and black people, yeah. we just went for it. You said, oh, Trump's racist. OK. Or, or, or right. this person. Right? OK. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're just getting strung along, you know, uh, like like fools. And I, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of my people, uh, you know, <clears throat> being this way. I mean, my my idols are Malcolm X. And, and, and I love when Fred Hampton tried to start the Rainbow Coalition uh, and, and bring together the working class Latinos, whites and blacks. Uh, and I don't believe in Marxism or Leninism like like the Panthers did, but I understand the, the motivation of what they were trying to accomplish uh, by, by saying, look, the working class is getting the short end of the stick in this whole deal. That was after World War II. Um, so right. people like that are, are my idols, and, and they would have never stood for it. Malcolm X would have never been on, on board with a white liberal telling him that Muslims should embrace the idea that a, that a woman could have a penis or a man could get pregnant. Oh my gosh, yes, man. Malcolm X would have never been on board with that. And you know what? That's why when white liberals talk about historical black figures, they say Malcolm's name with a hush tone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure, they didn't want to teach us that. You know what I'm saying? Even though the school didn't have to teach me that, even when I was going to school and I realized every time we got to Malcolm, it was like, oh yeah, we we talking about this low. It might be a couple lines, you know what I'm saying? They teach us about George Washington Carver, but when they get to Malcolm X, is the lines are a little bit lower. But we we gonna do uh, two yeah. more uh, two more questions. Um, um, so so when you was on Jason Whitlock's show, uh, I saw you respond to the guy that was on the View. I guess his name was Ellie Mistel, or whatever. And uh, yeah. and, and you said the Constitution was a a divinely inspired document. And, and usually when I hear divinely inspired, uh, people think of the Bible. So tell us uh, 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 why you believe that the Constitution is divinely inspired as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was, it was was based in large part on, on Christianity. Mm. I mean, the people who wrote the Constitution were Christians. I mean, that's just the, the facts. The Christianity's baked into the Bible, that, that in God we trust. Right. Uh, the, the free will of man. All man is created equal under God. Right. These are these are all these are all Christian, uh, Judeo Christian values and, 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 and beliefs. Um, so and, and even to be even more frank, you know, if you get want to get specific, people like St. Thomas Aquinas. Right. Uh, who was was a, one of the probably top, you know, theologians in the history of the Catholic of the Catholic faith. Was was very very inspirational in the ideas that went into the Constitution. So the the Constitution has divinity baked right into it, or or sort of the Judeo Christian uh, ideas baked into it. And there's no other Constitution like that in the world, right? And and so yep. and what I try to explain to Whitlock and and what I try to explain to people is understand again when you hear black people when you hear black people black sellouts to be specific, say, uh, <laughs> they say, oh, well, we got to throw the Constitution out because the people who wrote it had slaves. And who do you want to write it? Rewrite it. You want the people who 
plan to make us slaves again in the future to rewrite it or <laughs> or, you, or or let's say you want let, you want the the ccp to have an input on our mm -hmm. constitution and they got slaves right now yeah. right right so i mean the whole thing is so so obviously a scam when it comes to the moral principle but but the bigger problem with it is that they really don't like god they really have mm. become anti-god because the level of sin has reached so high that they want to avoid the light right and yeah. that's what the bible said man feared the light because it's because his deeds were evil right and then that's where we've gotten to in this culture where we want to double down on the sin there's yep. some people who don't even want to admit that sin is a real thing and those are usually <laughs> the people who say throw out the constitution and, yep. and i'm just not i'm not i'm not i'm not silly to that i'm not naive to that if you if you don't believe in god the litmus test when you want to talk about the constitution do you believe in god okay if you believe in god now we go on to the do you believe in freedom Yep. Okay, do you believe in American citizenship? There's all yep. these litmus tests that will tell me whether or not your conversation about the Constitution is legitimately based on trying to make improvements, or do you want a runaway system that will allow you to A, continue on to get high, and in the, in the, in the, in the, in the event that you have the opportunity, become a tyrant over people who now, now no longer have uh, divine birthrights for a from a nation? Right. That's that's amazing. Okay. Okay. So we got like four more questions, man, but we, we, there's no way we can do these questions. So we will give you, okay. One last question. Uh, we want to give you the last word. Is there anything that you want to say to our listeners before you go and any links to anything you want to promote? Um, you know, you can go to our campaign website, uh, RoyceWhite.us. Um, there you can you can sign up to volunteer, uh, join our mailing list, or donate if you if you so choose. Um, and you know, I would also urge people to go look up Steve Bannon's YouTube um, interview. It's an interview he did with PBS Frontline that was a part of the Great Divide series. Um, and you just put in Steve Bannon PBS Frontline uh, and, and listen to his interview. It's about an hour and a half long where he breaks down how the economic uh, system in this country and big finance has basically conspired to bail out the top 1% after mm -hmm. the, the, the financial crisis of 2009 and, and where all of that sort of stems from. And, and, and then take that and ask yourself, if this is the guy who was the chief strategist, strategist for Donald Trump getting elected in 2016, and, and this is sort of the mind, you know, one of the minds behind that that strategy and that that uh, that victory that Donald Trump won in 2016. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about how this globalist agenda is going to try and take jobs away from uh, Latinos and blacks. Why have I allowed people to tell me that he's a racist? Have I ever even heard this man speak? And if I exactly. haven't heard him speak, why did I believe he was a racist? Because the Star Tribune told me so. Yep. And what what interest is, is it of the Star Tribune to tell me he's a racist or have me thinking yep. he's a racist? It's the same people who will want to call me an extremist or 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 uh, you know an uh, anti semite or yep. you know a radical uh, black nationalist or whatever they would come up with uh, homophobe, transphobe, misogynistic, <laughs> uh, whatever they would come up with. You know these are the games that are played. But this material, this information is actually there for you to go find. It's not hidden. Anybody right now, and I would, before you go to my website, because if you if you go to my <laughs> website, before you go watch the interview, you probably you might be lost. 
<laughs> right. But when you go watch this interview, it'll be a great segue for you to understand what we mean when we say no mandates, no lockdowns, decouple ourselves from the CCP. Okay. Uh, uh, stop the momentum of globalism. Right. These are America first. Right. These yeah. ideas are being cultivated. And, and this is a very, very prominent populist populist movement that's erupting in this country. And we just want to expedite it so the working class can understand how they've been taken advantage of. Absolutely. Hey, brother, we, we, we behind you 100 percent. And thank you for coming on the thank show. You. We definitely got to have you. We definitely got to have you back and to ask you the other four five questions that we got. We, we really could have did this. For the next, we could two hours, you know. Yeah, what we could do this really all could've... day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We and we we appreciate you for coming on again. Thanks again. Thank, thank yeah, you, thank brother. You. I appreciate you guys. Godspeed. Thank you. Yep.